Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. Start. The. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right. Welcome back to another the home episode of the podcast. What's up, uh, it's your boy, the Ted Smith. Oh, I'm almost going to the old routine. I'm always the host of this here podcast. Uh, all right. Now, to the left of me today on the Zoom call is Cobb. He's not below me. What's going on, Cobb? <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Happy summer. It's finally here. Let's do this. Summer has arrived, man. It is, it is, it is rocking and rolling. All right. Over there, we got MCTP doing all the recording. Matt, kind of the producer. What's up, Matt? Hi, Ted. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to start with that. Summer has officially arrived. God, finally, right? It's about time. Yeah. And uh, Cobb knows this already, but I was down at his stopping grounds down in uh, Madison Beach on Sunday. It was just, I mean, number one, it was just nice to be sitting there by a lake. I was not at the beach. I was over at a uh, shady outdoor patio having a beverage. But, uh, man, just sitting there and watching people walk up and down from the beach and see some of the scenery, if you will, when the Weather gets a little warmer. <laughs> a lot like, of skin out there. Right? Yeah. And I know we disagree on this, but I think for whatever reason, like, I think everybody looks attractive in bathing suits. Like, I feel well, like. Especially, yeah, after a long winter in Seattle. Yeah, it's like even people that are in the best of shape, I'm like, I don't know. They seem like they're in better shape. If they had a shirt on, I think they'd be hiding something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, um, like in school there was skirt day. In, uh, in the spring, it's like the first day that I don't know if like all the girls are on like a group text message or email chain or whatever, but for whatever reason, when that weather turns over to spring, like on the same day every year, every single girl on campus wears a skirt. And I feel like it's like that. You're just like, you're, the system is overwhelmed. You know what I mean? Everyone's been wearing like jean jackets and, you know, like long pants for so many months that, yeah, it just hits the system. It's also funny that like in Seattle, like sitting there just watching people go to and from the beach, there's different beach guys, right? There's <laughs> yeah. like, there's like typical Seattle guy who's just dressed in all black. And I guess is like just going to sit in the beach in like a hoodie and black shorts. Like, all right. Pale skin, couple tattoos. Yeah, definitely. Right. Then there's like super beach guy where I'm like, I don't know where you've been all year, but he's got like blonde hair. He's already ridiculously tanned. he's got cool glasses yeah he rolls down he's just in his bathing suit like there's no there's no shirt there's no shoes of course he's just natural walking on concrete like he doesn't care yeah and the guy looks like he lives at the beach yeah it's just like i I don't know how he got this tan already but he is and i respect it Mm, he's got that (laughs) wavy hair he's got like a cool beach towel usually like a couple beach implements you know whether it's like um What's that game called? Uh, like, yeah, like a spike ball setup or a paddleboard or like, yeah. He looks like a natural. Maybe a volleyball. Like the one guy that we saw, like, he didn't even have anything with him. And I just looked at my buddy Sean. I go, that's beach guy. Like, I don't know if he lives around here, <laughs> but like, he's tan, he's got blonde hair. Like, somebody's going to invite him to hang out. Like, he doesn't care. Dude, I feel like they're importing these people from California at some point. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he really is like dialed in archetypal arch, arch beach guy. <laughs> it was also funny you talk about having games a group of like five dudes walk by and they're carrying like wood uh cornhole bowls or uh boards and i was like man good for them and then like 
not that it mattered to me, but like a dagger in the heart, like 10 minutes later, we saw them walking back up because the beach was that crowded. And I was like, oh man, they had no room for their cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all like painted for uh, uh, Boomer Sooner, big Oklahoma fans. So I was like, man, we got to let the Boomer Sooner guys get in on the beach. <laughs> all right. That brings me to my first topic today. Now, Matt, I feel like you're the only one that might have a little, uh, like, you all right there, Kyle? Yeah, sorry. I was having some audio issues with my headphones, but I just turned them off. We're good. Uh, Matt, you might be the only one split on this, but let's say money's no option. What do you own? A lake house or a beach house? Oh, man. Dude, I mean, I grew up on the beach. I've always loved the beach. Um, I don't want to sit in a lake house and be like, I wish I had a beach house though. So I got to just be grateful for what I have and say lake house. Well, for people who don't know, Matt's literally at a mansion on a lake right now. That's one way to put it. (laughs) There's a waterfall. That's an official mansion. Try and keep it pretty modest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cobb's been here, so I can't argue. Well, let's take that out of it i'm saying you're you can have one that you're gonna buy what would it be it would probably it would be a beach house just because it but you're talking about like in a place it's it's less about beach over lake because i really do have a better appreciation for like the northwest style of lakes versus southern california beaches now but um i to if if all other things were out the window I'd live on the beach because the places with beach houses have nicer weather all year round. Like, well, all right, but take, you got to back up, like take, take Southern California, like where you grew up out of it. Like I'm talking more of like on the East coast, people have beach houses where it's obviously still freaking freezing in the winter time in ocean city, Maryland, or the Delaware beaches or like the Jersey shore. So it's just oh. overall, like Lake, let me, let me put it to you this way. Like I prefer fresh water over salt water. Okay, I prefer salt water. Every, I, I love fresh water, and living here, that's what I get. But every time I go to Southern California or Hawaii and I get in the Pacific Ocean again, it's like, God damn, this, you just can't beat this. Cobb, where are you at? Lake house? Dude, weirdly, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I would probably go lake. But what I'm more interested in, Ted, is if you went beach house, would you go west coast or east coast? Are you going Ocean City, Maryland? Or are you going Pacific Northwest? I mean, so that's part of it. To me, if you have a beach house, like generally they're smaller. And then also like we used to go to the beach all the time and rent places. I am thinking of East Coast beaches. That's where I would go. But like it's more about hanging out in that town than it is going to the beach. Whereas like you rent a lake house, like, and I'll take Deep Creek Lake. Let's take the West Coast lakes out of it. But like I have more fun in a lake. Whereas like when you go to the beach house, and like Cobb, you know, you've been to the Jersey Shore, I think. Yeah, like you hang out in the house and like you hang out in town and bars and stuff in the city, but you rarely like. I mean, I went for plenty of weekends where I never stepped foot on the beach. Um. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about like the uh, the. T- I, I feel like the lake itself is more fun, but the town of the ocean is better, and so for that, I feel like I, I don't know, man. I almost. Uh, yeah, I'm torn. I mean, it depends on if you have your fun on land or in water, really, at the end of the day. 
You know, if you like to cruise around the town, have a couple cocktails, like uh, Puddin' Bay is a really good example. It's up on the Great Lakes, you know, just north of Ohio. And uh, it's dope. Crazy town, longest bar in America. Um, But like, you're not going in the water. Yeah. All right. I guess I see what you're saying. I don't know. I, (laughs) I just, I saw this article. I was like, man, that's a great conversation. It's like beach houses (laughs) are generally smaller. And then like when you're on the beach, like it, wherever you're at on the beach, like it's crowded. I mean, unless you're like in the outer banks, but at that point you're so far away from stuff. You might as well just have a lake house. I feel like lake houses are, are bigger. First of all, there's no riptides. There's no sharks. There's no freaking jellyfish. That's all true. The other thing about a lake house is I feel like whoever you're there with is who you're there. Like you're only there with the people you brought with you versus like with a beach house, you know, you might meet some people in town or whatever to hang with. So I kind of like that about the lake house. Right. And again, we got to take out like the Northwest is the one place where people actually like max <laughs> like living on a lake, but I'm just, <laughs> it was just kind of talking like in general, like if you had either or it's like a late night conversation, you're having a few drinks, like what would you rather have? I'm like, man, I think I'm going lake every day of the week. Well, I'm still like, you, you're talking about beach houses. I mean, maybe I didn't read the article, but the fact that it's like beach houses, except for Southern California, to me, like that's, that's the prime time, like beach houses. Um, no, no, no. I was just saying, take Southern California out of it as in like, it, it's beach house or lake house. You're not guaranteed to have perfect warm weather all year round. Okay. I'd, I'd take the lake. Hawaii, Hawaii and Southern California matter pretty Pretty specific climates and beaches. Yeah, yeah, if, uh, yeah. If it's like a beach where people don't swim, sign me up for the lake every time. Ah, uh, well, my man is trying to ask you this: shitty lake or shitty beach? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you're right. My mind went to East Coast. I guess to me, I'm just like, man, I, I don't know. Like, if somebody said, "I'm like, look, the, the ocean has waves," but other than that, I'm like, I don't know what the huge selling point is, as opposed to like. Chilling, and I feel like when I'm in a lake house, I spend much more time in the water. That's true. You know, I, the only other case I would make for the ocean is like the sound of the ocean is better than the sound of the lake, and uh, beach combing is pretty fun. Sandcastles, you know, classic. But yeah, I'm with you. Waves is pretty much the only major advantage. Probably better sunsets. That's very true, right? Because you can see, you can see it either like on the east coast, you can see it come out of the water, and the west coast, you can see it sink into the water. Yeah. Man, I thought this yeah. was a fire topic. I thought you boys would be all riled up about this. And you guys are like, yeah, whatever. Lake Dude, that, it's always tough to pick the ones that are going to be hitters, man. That's how I feel with the, uh, the cop topic and the emails. Like <laughs> yeah. ones that are a throwaway that I came up with like 10 seconds before we turn on the microphones are always the bangers that we get like 20 emails about. And then ones that I just have been thinking about for three weeks just fall flat. So you never know. <laughs> I was so excited. Like I emailed myself this article yesterday. I was like, I'm a day ahead on this MF. Like it is on, boys. <laughs> Yeah, usually you have three topics, and this week you're like, just one, man. We're going to cruise for an hour on this. <laughs> I, mean, I have a couple more, and I, I just – I don't know what I – I thought I was like, oh, Matt's going to have a ton of this. He grew up in both. He's like, well, it's warmer there. Like, God damn it. All right, take that out. Yeah. Dude, I, you know Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I would like – yeah, right. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know what I'd like is in your little journal, you have your notes that you have like a couple, basically like those little uh, do not break in case of emergency pages that you just like flip to when you're out of topics like, uh, F, uh, okay, uh, CIA black sites. What do you guys think? Friend or foe? (laughs) (laughs) Or just throw out like softball lob questions that can go on all night. 
So, God, is he real? <laughs> Do you believe in yeah. him? Is it a her? Is it a deity? <laughs> <laughs> Noah's Ark, fact or fiction? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, right, I get it, right? My mind just went to either like Deep Creek Lake in Maryland or Ocean City. And I get it. Like, my uncle lives in Cape Cod, right? He lives basically at the beach. But he goes down, my uncle Phil, him and his kids, uh, they go down, they go to Ocean City every year. Because when he was a kid, they went to Ocean City. That's what he loves. You go, you know, you go to the ice, I forget what ice cream place they go to. But I know you got to get donuts at the Fractured Prune, you know, get a pizza at the Dough Roller. It's, it's a, Is this the a guy whole, who lives in Sandwich? Yeah. Yeah, okay, nice. But yeah. A sandwich. You're, you're familiar with the uh, Cape, so that's the dad of the Cape Cod uh, Smiths. Yeah, man. The weirdest part about Cape Cod is the Christmas tree store. I've never understood it, but there's like a little miniature chain for people who don't know. I wouldn't even go so far as to call it a regional chain. It's like maybe like six to 12 of these things. And it's called the Christmas tree store. And what they sell the other 364 days of the year, I can't tell you, but they're always busy. The parking lots are packed. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought that place was amazing. There you go. Would you go there any time of year? Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we would go up there. Uh, we would go up there and get a house. Like in the summertime, my grandma would rent one on Cape Cod, and that was like a big part. Like one day, you had to go to the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh yeah, the Christmas tree shop shops. Yeah, there's three of them. Oh, there's three. Okay, yeah, they're like very prominent. I know one's like right as you cross the bridge to get out there. Ooh. Cop, they've added stuff though. Now it's Christmas tree shops and that. And that? What does yeah. that mean? I think it's like Bed Bath and Beyond. Like you know, oh, Bed yeah. and Bath. The Beyond part was always like could be anything. So I feel like the like, that part yeah. of that is like well. Also, it appears local that my cousin, ghetto version. It appears that my cousins are just following these stores. There's one in Sandwich and there's one in Hyannis. And if people don't know, you can always go. Uh, Go to the Smith Family Popcorn Shop in Hyannis. <laughs> <laughs> is Hyannis the same as Hyannis Port or no? I don't think so, only because they separate saying them. All right. It, it's got to be like, I don't know, like Seattle, like just like Hyannis Port's probably like South Hyannis or something, like directly on the water. Dude, this, this is, would probably get us killed saying out there, but I, I just don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, that's funny you brought that up. Yes, I mean, right. Some people just like going, and when I was a kid, like, I, man, I'm telling you, the last few times I've been in the beach, I've never been in the ocean. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm going full team lake house. That's all you need to know. Probably a hot tub, too. That should be involved. <laughs> Running water, like Matt likes. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh do you think it's possible to be like cocky and humble at the same time wow that's an interesting question ted smith hmm while you're thinking the example i give is patrick mahomes like every time i see him interviewed now like he's very humble but yet he kind of throws in some very cocky stuff just like well yeah i mean of course, I'm gonna. I want to win five Super Bowls. I want to be the best ever. But I'm just very respectful of people that done it already. And so it's like, man, he is pulling off that thin line of, of hockey but humble. 
Yeah, I think it, you know, I would think of it more as uh, like confidence than being cocky. I think, I think it's possible for people to be confident and humble, but not, but I don't know that there's a world that can coexist with cocky and humble. I don't know. What do you think, Ted? That's what I'm saying. When you watch his interviews, now that I've put it in your head a little bit, like you're going to, you're going to notice like, man, he is kind of cocky, but he's like Hmm. smiling. He's a young guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, he says the right things, but if you listen to what he's saying, you're like, yeah, that's kind of cocky. Matez? I sometimes, uh, when you said that, I think there's elements, I think like confidence is kind of the middle ground of those because like I always wonder what the difference between like cocky and confidence is and it's probably one of those things that like it's in the eye of the beholder. But um, I think that's like the difference between cocky and confident is confidence comes with some humility, but also like, yeah, knowing if you're Patrick Mahomes, like you're going to be able to do these things and like moving towards it. Like, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of the middle ground of those two to me is, is confidence. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes too, it's just a matter of if you win. Yeah, I think that makes a big difference. Like, it always looks bad when somebody runs their mouth and then loses, especially in the fight game, but also in football or basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, right, like, if you just say, hey, you know, we're doing this or that, but you're on a terrible team, like, sometimes, like, why is that guy so cocky? And there's always, there's always going to be the extremes of cocky, right? Like, trash sure. talking or telling somebody they ain't, you know, they ain't shit, and then you get burned for two touchdowns. Like, there's always going to be that part that just is cocky, but I, I don't know, I feel like, Sometimes it's that thin line. It's just like, well, if you're winning, the stuff you say just sounds confidence. You got to have confidence. But yeah, yeah. and and I, I think part of that's like putting the cart before the horse too. You know, like you don't want to go into it being like, oh, I don't know, they seem pretty good. Maybe they'll beat us. Like, I mean, part of that, when I think of it in terms of the fight game. Like, obviously, you're trying to sell the fight, a, eh? but also, like, do you really want a quarterback who thinks he's going to lose or who thinks he's not chosen by God to score touchdowns? You know, like, no. You want somebody who, like, psychologically is fully convinced that there is, like, a deity above on his side that loves football and loves him winning, specifically. So, you know, I think it's part and parcel. I think it comes with the territory. I mean, if you're going to have an athlete that's on the levels that we're talking about here, then, you know, it's going to be pretty tough for them to genuinely be humble. I think a lot of guys at the NFL especially try to play that card. And um, for me, it seems pretty translucent, but I think – you know, some fans get on board and really appreciate it. I could give some examples, but I won't. Um, but, you know, at that level, I mean, yeah, they're one of the most elite football players in the world. So, you know, there's going to be some cogniness that goes along with that, I think. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I think George St. Pierre, too. Like, I remember, like, a lot of people liked him because he was one of the first fighters to ever just come out and be honest and be like, like yeah, I'm scared. Like when that cage, when that cage door closes, right? And I think that kind of rocked people's worlds because you're always supposed to be like, I'm this MMA fighter, like I'm going in there, like nothing's gonna stop me. But it's also just being a human, right? Like, you know, if you, look, if you if you go through life with no fear at all, like I, I just feel like you're gonna be dead soon. <laughs> fear is a natural reaction. It's why when you hear giant noises, you get kind of scared because it reminds your body of a giant animal when you were living in you know in the forest in the cabin. Yeah, or the converse of that is like um, if you 
you know, if you live your whole life with no fear, then either you're going to die young, you know, you're going to take some crazy chances, which I think we all know those berserkers and we've all met a couple in our lives um, who take like outsized risks. But then the flip side of that is like people who take no risk whatsoever their whole life. And like, you know, what kind of life is that? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like golf, right? You don't got to risk it every time, but you don't want to be the guy that lays up. Exactly. It's a tough line to walk. <laughs> we feel Mickelson, Mickelson putting from 100 yards out or Seven, whatever. Yeah, that was insane. What a weekend. Did you watch this time, Ted? I, I turned it on just enough to see him kind of not ripping on him, but just like, okay, he putted from 70 <laughs> yards away. Yeah, he putted, then he got closer and he chipped. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, but it was – yeah, it was – I love Phil Mickelson. He's just a fun character. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. Uh, yeah, he's just a personality. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so that was the Patrick Mahomes thing I was looking at. I was like, trust me, next time anybody listens to this podcast, next time you watch Patrick Mahomes, it's not a bad thing. You'll just be like, he's kind of cocky. You know, like we were saying, there's always the extreme example of uh, uh, – what's his name? Who's the idiot from Ireland? Conor McGregor, who's oh, like, who is that cocky? And then there's also guys that are just always like, like, you know, like Belichick. You're like, ah, I just don't think we're going to win this. You know, like we're just going to move on to the next week. Like some of those people too, like I have no chance here. Like shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say the fight game has been a little bit different now too, man. I feel like the COVID stuff, people don't have full training camps and this and that. Like there's been some, some bigger upsets than I expected. Oh yeah, man. I mean, Fight Island, you know, it's thrown off. The big thing it's thrown off for people is their, uh, their weight loss. You know, I mean, a lot of those guys, you get to those elite levels and those guys are cutting 25 pounds to get down to that weight. And for people who haven't done it, that's a lot, especially if you're 165 pounds soaking wet. So that's a huge amount of weight to lose. And especially now, you know, with, so for people who don't know, they're fighting on a small Island. Ted, what did we decide? Was it outside of Abu Dhabi? I think right, I remember it was in the United Arab Emirates. Right, I, I don't remember what city it was. I kept saying it was Abu Dhabi, and then we I think we figured out Abu Dhabi is just a city in the United. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so yes, yeah, so it's an island off the coast of that. They're calling Fight Island. They're flying fighters in, obviously, and then you know it's full quarantine lockdown, so they don't have access to a lot of their usual uh, tools as far as nutrition and dropping weight and whatever else. So, Ted, my guess with some of those upsets, I mean, one, I feel like unfavorable conditions always favor the underdog. Always give the underdog more of a chance. You think about when Oregon was a football powerhouse, you know, I want that turf to be wet and slippery when they're playing University of Washington because then maybe somebody fumbles, something happens, and UW gets a break. Versus perfect conditions, you know, the odds say that the better team is going to win. So for underdogs, I think it's great. But then, yeah, you talk about cutting that much weight. You lose a lot of energy when you cut weight, especially when you do it without a sauna or you do it improperly. And so I think that's why we're seeing some of these upsets is guys go in there with a lot less strength than they planned on having, a lot less fluid, you know, surrounding their brain. And, um, yeah, you know, they're more dehydrated. And if you're going three rounds in a professional cage match, and these are five-minute rounds, that's so incredibly draining. Or even worse, a championship match, and you're going, you know, five rounds. I mean, it's, it's definitely in some elite-level um, elite cardio to get there. Not, I mean, notwithstanding all the, you know, other pieces of it. So, yeah, yeah I'm, would, I'm not surprised there's upsets. 
And when you get there, you got to quarantine for a couple days. So imagine your weight cut usually involves like, what, a week, a week and a half out, probably a week, which is like saunas, like exercise bikes, like going on long runs, like this and that. But now all of a sudden, you're just in a hotel room. Now, granted, I'm sure it's a nice hotel room, but like, it's to me, it just seems much harder to run four miles in place than it would to go out on the road and run four miles. Oh, yeah. You're in there doing a prison workout with towels strapped over the door doing pull-ups. You're not at like a world-class gym, you know, with four people helping you train. Yeah. And the sauna is just a huge deal for those, you know. You lose that sauna. It's like, man, that, I mean, that's the cheat code. Well, and that's the thing, you know, um, there's been a big push within that industry to get rid of weight cuts. Uh, but it's really tough to actually find out what someone's natural walking around weight is unless they're having to weigh these guys like, you know, every week, which would be brutal. But the, the main, um, I don't know, the main controversy is just that there's cerebral spinal fluid um, at the top of your spine and then some fluid surrounding your brain. And when you do a major weight cut, that goes away and it kind of acts like a little airbag in there um, when you get punched in the face, basically. So it think, makes these guys in danger. I think there's a, there's a middle ground between like people are always going to cut weight, but you're right. I mean, there's some dudes like Anderson Silva was famous for like walking around at like 210, but he fought at 185. Yeah, I don't he know fought it, big at 185. Yeah. Right, so I don't know if there's a – like, right. And then there's other dudes that legit walk around that weight. So I think it would be interesting to see if you could only go, like, up or down 10 pounds. This obviously wouldn't include heavyweights. Like, they have a wide range. You know what I mean? You weigh 225. Like, I don't know. Well, see, even I don't know. It's tough. I don't know what the rule is and how far you cut or don't cut. Well, yeah, and that's the question is 10 pounds from what? Because how do you determine what their normal walking around weight is? Well, most of those guys are in the gym every day, even if they're not in a fight camp. So I feel like their weight stays pretty consistent. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So unless you're weighing them all year, in which case, then they just have to always be restricted, you know, to get that like, oh, here's my base weight. So it just seems tough to, like, I'm with you. I think it'd be a great policy. It seems really difficult to implement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just, right, there's just some guys, you're right, that come in as massive guys at this weight. Where it's like, yeah, you really shouldn't be fighting that guy. Like he's naturally smaller. Oh yeah, and I mean, you know, it's done intentionally too. I mean, I wrestled. It makes a huge, huge difference having five to seven pounds naturally on the guy. I mean, we weighed in in the mornings, and like you know, by the time you wrestle after school at four o'clock, I mean, you could put on twelve, thirteen pounds. Yeah, right. How how excited are you when you get to rehydrate? I mean, look look at the weigh-ins in the UFC. You ever see those guys? Like as soon as they get that bottle, leave just water. Usually, it's got electrolytes or whatever. They just it looks so refreshing. <laughs> Dude, it really does. It's like those uh those chew five gum commercials or whatever. But um, I know there was a big controversy about Talon could probably talk about this, but there's a big controversy about whether they should be able to use IVs to rehydrate as well. And I think they might have just uh, stopped that. But obviously, that's a, you know, a great way to do it, to get back, you know, to gain 10 pounds pretty quick. Yeah, which as people that have used IVs, that definitely, again, felt like a cheat code when we were at Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, it changed the game. It's like fluid with salt in it going straight into your bloodstream. All right, Matt, a personal question. You know the fall when it comes around. You know that time of year when you come over to my place, we watch a college football game, some food's being made. And it's kind of like, it's like, all right, this is starting to feel like a holiday. I love so, those days. Sunday after I was down at the beach, uh, Cobb came by, socially distant, 
and like he came in because there was a Sounders game on. He's like, oh man, like you're like making wings and making a salad. And like, I was like, it almost feels holiday-ish. I guess my question to you is, is it just about like us being here? Or does it have to be different weather? Oh, the overall vibe? Yeah. Sports on TV and food. I mean, I'll say I'm a little envious of Cobb for getting that. And, you know, I think that's because that same energy that I love that usually takes place in the fall is alive and well in July. Yeah, I think part of it, too, is just like Cobb was saying, like, like he had come by and we'd BS or whatever, but I think it was the first time you'd been in my place in months. Dude, probably since January. Yeah, it was crazy. So also, Ted, you're, you're, Matt, you're right. That energy was there. It was beautiful. Yeah, and it just felt like a holiday. It was just like, holy crap. There's three of us in here spaced out and like there's food being cooked and whatever. Matt, frozen wings in the air crisper. I did not make them myself like you would. So it wasn't a true holiday. Okay. Yeah, well, um, yeah, that, I mean, that still sounds like an awesome time. Who, who else was over? You said three of you? Oh, Sean. Don't. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just the magic of the combination of Ted and sports and food and like, obviously light beer. I don't drink, but it's, it's part of the formula that works time tested, reliable and totally awesome. <laughs> like literally Cobb walks in and I have like two like bowls, like, tossing the wings and the sauce and I'm like fixing a salad. I'm like, good to see you, man. He's like, whoa, I didn't realize we were doing like a thing. It's like, ah, it just turned into it. Sit down. <laughs> Go Sounders. Go Sounders. And for a change, they look decent and actually won. It looked great. Yeah, I think it helped the other team was missing a few people. But, you know, these <laughs> things happen. Uh, what else did I have on here? Oh, I just wanted to brag for a second. So my buddy texted me the other day in San Francisco. You guys all know my buddy Baird. Yeah. And he's like, hey, dude, can you go by Linda's and grab this T-shirt? And I, Or first he goes, are you going by Linda's anytime soon? I'm like, I can like try to bust my ass and get out of work like early. Are you at Linda's? And he's like, no, man. Like He's still in San Francisco. Has he moved there? But he's like, my, my girl really wants this shirt. They're sold out online. Like, Can you grab it? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I grab it that night on the walk home. And then he, he's like, what do you want? I was like, give me a shirt from like 21st Amendment, like a cool brewery in San Fran. Either way, I was just bragging because I was so proud of myself. I like walked, walked there that night, took it to the UPS store the next day and sent it. And he was like, why'd you send it so quick? Because I was like, out of spite, I didn't want you to send me my shirt before I got you, got your girl hers. <laughs> dude, dude. Yeah, that's honestly so goddamn relatable because I feel like we've all just like watched something sit on the edge of our desk for weeks without doing it. For me this year, basically a similar scenario. Somehow, like I finished my taxes early, which has never happened before. I've filed a six month extension the last eight years and I usually file them like October 15th. This year I finished them in January. They sat on my desk until not April 18th or whatever the deadline is, but then the extended deadline hit and then the extended, extended deadline hit like June 15th or whatever, sent him in on the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's all I was just like, you're getting it, Ted. You're sending that t-shirt, man. Dude, I it's honestly fun. respect that, man. Major props. Nice work. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, Kyle, you got some emails for us? Uh, yeah, uh, we got a bunch. So I'm sorry to anybody's email that I don't get to. Um, oh, I think, did we have a cop topic that was like, uh, where were you five years ago or something like that? Right, or was it, I think it was looking forward or something. It's something about five years. I remember talking about Mike Jones. What has changed over the last five years, maybe? I don't know. Uh, five years ago, I was horrible with money. I was renting a house and uh, not very consistent with going to work. Not the best husband <clears throat> or father. But now, five years later, I have much better work-life balance, better at money management, bought a house, connected more with my wife and kids, and uh, the biggest started therapy. It's helped a lot finding out issues I never really knew I had. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you know me, man. I, I you know... I went to see somebody to help me for like 10 years straight. So I mean, you know, that doesn't include childhood. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, uh, I call them mental health days, right? You would go to the gym, take care of your body. Like you got to get a trainer for your mind. Get somebody, to, if nothing else, if you go to talk to somebody, there's a room where you're guaranteed nobody will hear what you're saying. So, you know, even if you're in a relationship, you might feel funny telling that person like this thought you had or, you know what I mean? Do you feel guilty about it? Or is it okay that I have this feeling? Like you go to talk to a psychologist or a social worker or a mental health expert. Like sometimes they're not going to tell you what to do. They're just going to listen. Yeah. And also sometimes saying stuff out loud, I feel like one, it catal catalyzes it, right? It makes it real. And two, I think oftentimes it makes it okay. You know, like we yeah. all have weird thoughts as humans, like, and our psyche is, uh, you know, very, um, what's the right word? I don't know. At odds with itself sometimes. Very dark in some ways. I think we all have a dark part within us. And so, yeah, I think just saying some of that stuff out loud makes you realize that it's normal and okay. So, I don't know. I commend that guy. That's a great email. Yeah, the movie The Purge wouldn't be so popular if everybody that didn't watch it go, what would I do? Right, yeah, exactly. That one, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's bomb. <laughs> Uh, hola bitcholas to the greatest podcast in all the land all the land i'm loving that you guys are keeping the home editions going to keep us all a little sane in these uncertain times i live in adelaide down in the south of australia our state has been fortunate enough to eliminate covid from transmission but our neighbors in victoria and new south wales have not been as fortunate i uh, now have been placed back into lockdown as a result the borders between all the states have been shut down i understand whoa i didn't know that I understand it's been chaotic, to say the least, over in your part of the world, not only the pandemic, but the protests and those related issues. Listening to you describe your current situations and how it is affecting you helps me appreciate how fortunate my current situation is. Even though we have struggles with our baby not being able to spend time with his grandparents as they live interstate, we still have some relative freedoms. Watching live sport and being able to attend some is one of those freedoms. As Ted mentioned, uh, he's getting into Korean baseball and also NASCAR. May I suggest he start to watch the AFL, the Australian Football League, my team is the Adelaide Crows. Nice, dude. I'm uh, St. Kilda. Uh, we would be honored to have him as a fan. I believe the AFL is shown on ESPN1. Anyway, cheers again for the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. And I hope you guys are doing well despite the current situation. Cheers. Sean, a.k.a. the flaming, <laughs> AKA the flaming chooch brewer. Uh, P.S. I checked out your popcorn website, Cobb. I'm drooling. Definitely want to try some if I ever get over to Seattle. Dope. Thanks, man. Uh, he's right. I've watched a couple uh, Aussie Rules football matches, and I have a buddy that plays for the team here in Seattle. He used to. Not, not to be – not Major League Rugby, but Australian Rules. The problem is, man, Australian Rules football is like American football. Like it's – rugby has a lot of rules, but Australian Rules football has a ton, dude. It's wild. It is. 
It's also yeah. a very violent game. It's unbelievable. But yeah, that's that's on now. Uh, I watched a little bit of rugby from New Zealand because their country is basically closed off. So they have like people in the stands too. Yeah, I think they're at zero cases in New Zealand. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Australian rules football is definitely fun. Like I said, I think I've, I've watched a few grand finals just because on the West Coast of the United States, they start at like 11 p.m. on like a Saturday night. So it's like, you know me, I've been out of the bars. Like, perfect, live sport, let's watch it. <laughs> Dude, also, Ted, we talked about this, but I don't think it was on the cast. Um, the Melbourne Cricketing Grounds is a massive venue. It's like, I believe it's bigger than the big house at Michigan. I mean, it's a huge uh, oval right in like downtown Melbourne. Very cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then they have another giant stadium for the same thing called uh, Etihad. So one, the cop topic last week was, uh, what are the perks of dating you? What's up, boys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perks for dating, perks for dating me. One, I drive the Zamboni. <laughs> Two. <laughs> yeah, enough said, bro. Right? <laughs> we, we got it. You ever had sex on ice? You ever had sex on a Zamboni? <laughs> <laughs> Um, dude, that's definitely a unique offer to throw out. <laughs> um, two, uh, I can fix your car mechanic for 15 years. Three, I can build you a house. Currently a carpenter carpenter Four, I drive a Zamboni. <laughs> <laughs> Perks of dating me. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I'm a good cook. I can make, make most things from scratch. And if you like cars and video games, I'm that guy. Also love watching movies. So food and chilling. Hit me up. Just kidding. I'm married. <laughs> I like everybody's throwing out their best stuff. Yeah, right? Like, you like good uh, food? You like movies? Do you want to Netflix, chill, and feed? I got you. You want it? I got it. Go get it. I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> hey, boys. I heard you talking about uh, F1 on last week's uh, – sorry, there's a big motorcycle going by. Uh, hey, boys, heard you talking about F1 on last week's cast. Uh, if you're interested in it, I would recommend the Netflix series Formula One, Drive to Survive. They dive into a lot of behind-the-scenes politics of the F1 world and do a great job of it. LARP on. Jordan, the Canadian beer guy. Yeah, man, that's the show I was saying. That's what I started watching. That's what got me into it. I did watch the race this uh, Sunday. They come on at like 6 a.m. here on the West Coast. Dude, weirdly, I got into that show last week. I've seen three episodes now. Sick. And the reason I got into it, aside from Ted incessantly telling me that I would love it, um, is uh, I watched that documentary, uh, Santa. Uh, it's about Ayrton Santa, the uh, wow. Formula One driver. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend. One of the top five documentaries I've seen in my life. But uh, yeah, great show wow. on Netflix. Yeah, that's part of the reason I like uh, Daniel Ricardo Because he's like the first guy you meet on that show, the Australian dude. Yeah, he's from Perth, right? Is he? So he's a Western Australia Eagles fan. All right, yeah. But that, that's who I'm cheering for. Even though Rello, Re, Renault, they haven't been doing that well. But, you know, they'll get there. It's a French car manufacturer, an engine. Actually, uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to ask who the Jack dude is. Ted, did you, do you know that much? I tweeted about golf, and Gregor was like, tweeted – tweeted at me about some guy in the F1 that just put on a bunch of muscle too. And then I jokingly was like, I'm going to need a shirtless pick. And he literally was like, actually, he just posted this to Instagram two days ago. And yeah, there's just some jacked F1 driver. I'm a fan of his, but I don't know his name. It's tough because most of them are absolutely shredded. They're just not big dudes. 
So I feel like if you're an F1 driver and you put on like 10 pounds of muscle, you would look massive compared to those other guys. And a lot of huh. them are like 20, 20. I mean, they're young dudes. Are, are they oh, like yeah, jockeys? Yeah. No, no, no. They're taller. They're just trying to think of another – like. Yeah, but they're, they're just, wiry. They're, yeah, they're pretty slender, and that's kind of their build. They're built for endurance in the car, fast twitch, like muscles like that, and like hand, yeah. hand-eye coordination. But you know, like every time you see them working out, it's a lot of different stuff and not a ton of like moving weights around. Just because, frankly, like you wouldn't want to be that big in that car anyhow. Well, that's what I was going to say. Also, it's kind of a slap in the face to the guy who spent the last 40 years of his life trying to shave four pounds off that car for you to add 10 pounds of muscle. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're literally like grinding down bumpers and stuff. I mean, like, how much, like, how little carbon fiber can we put on this to make it track legal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> God, that's a great call, um, by the way. That would be a smack in the face to the dude. Like, good news. <laughs> We got two and a half pounds off this car. I got better news. I gained weight in a good way. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Well, and that's, um, you know, shoot, I forgot how I was going to tie this in. Oh, speaking of um, Western Australia Eagles um, and the guy who wrote in from Australia, another really good documentary is called Such Is Life. It's about Ben Cousins. I would say another probably top five that I've seen, at least top 10. And it's just about his life and career as um you know, a standout Aussie rules player, I guess is the most general way to put it. Yeah. Those Aussie um, rules football guys are studs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Difficult sport. And they have to have like the cardio too. Um, all right, Ted, you want a long one about uh, English football or um, a long one about uh, the perks of dating somebody? I mean, let's, how long is the, I mean, my instinct is like, you gotta get <laughs> soccer, English football. All right, let's do it. Hey boys, uh, hope you all are good. As of the podcast, or as one of the podcast English representatives, I thought I'd give my knowledge on the low leagues of English football. Rustington FC, the Royal Blood team that Matt mentioned, uh, yeah. I believe are in the ninth tier of the English football pyramid. The basic <laughs> oh. structure is that there are four professional leagues, the Prem, Championship, and Leagues 1 and 2. Then you move into what they call non-league football, in which most teams are semi-pro. As you move further down the non-league tiers, there's less and less money. As well as being an Arsenal fan, I follow my local non-league team, Turo City, 7th tier. And my understanding of their payment is that they receive a base of probably 100 or 200 pounds a week and then receive bonuses for goals, assists, etc. So I imagine Rustington FC are similar. Non-league football is some of the most passionate football around. Uh, at away games, we can travel 200 miles with only 10 of us, but the community atmosphere between fans and players is second to none. Singing songs and drinking beers for the full 90 minutes. If any of you boys are ever in England, I would definitely recommend watching a game. And if it's a Turo game, I'll buy you a pint. Have a, uh, keep up the good work and LARP on. Harvey. Oh, nice. That's a good write-up. I like that. Yeah, I saw like, uh, you know, how like some uh, leagues and stuff like the Korean baseball organization did it. Actually, I think MLB's doing it where you can buy a cardboard cutout of yourself for like 30 or 40 bucks and it's somewhere in the stands. <laughs> well, I forget who the club was, but it was like League One football and the supporter groups got like stand up cutouts of themselves like in the section, but like one dude was shirtless, one dude was like waving his scarf and it like... When you just pan by it, it, lo- it looked like just chaos, like it normally would. And it's like, it, that was all done by cardboard cutouts. 
<laughs> I was like, that's pretty awesome. Dude, that's rad. Uh, all right, well, let's check in with what's Batman <laughs> as he takes a sip of water. Yeah, all right. That's why I was taking it. I knew we were close. Um, yeah, well, good news. My Rustington FC jersey is on the way. Um, oh, nice. Very excited about it. So thank you to that emailer for the background. Now I know some stuff. Um, and I just think it's awesome that we got an email from someone in England and someone in Australia on the same episode. Yeah, like, and did you buy that shirt or did Ron buy it for you and send it to you? No, I bought it. Ron okay. just, just gave me the link. So, um, yeah, I'm who's excited for that to show up. Northern, I was going to say, who's our listener in Northern Ireland? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that all that stuff just blows my mind every, every time we hear from those guys. So, um, yeah, thanks for the help and getting that on its way. Ron, appreciate it. Uh yeah, this week was cool. On uh, Wednesday, it was Kevin's birthday from Metal Shop, KISW. And, uh, you know, we've been homies for a long time. So the two of us went hiking up to Lake Serene in, uh, I don't even know, out by Gold Bar, kind of. Um, all right, all right. And that's a fun hike. There's waterfalls on the way up. Um and on the way up, I see two dudes with, like, dreadlocks and harem pants spinning poi. <laughs> and we're up off oh, Highway 2, and, I, and Kevin was like, um, you see those guys? And I was like, there's a non-zero chance I've been at Meltdown with those dudes. So <laughs> later on the trail, uh, there's another waterfall, and they're there, and we pass them, and I was like, Yo, dudes, have you ever been to Summer Meltdown? And the guy takes off his hat and he's like, I got this hat there from one of the vendors and, like, had a Meltdown button on it and everything. <laughs> and, uh... Right, right, right. You're spending poi off Highway 2. You've been to Summer Meltdown. Yeah, I was like, there's no it's a way. lifestyle. Yeah, so that was, uh... Yeah, that was funny. And then, uh... They were like, are you going over to the Big Rock? Because when you get to the top of Lake Serene, if you go up through, like, there's, like, the top part, but you can also go up this, like, higher trail, and it's a little sketchy to get down, but then you, like, traverse this rock bed, and then there's this giant rock that you can climb up that's, like, right in the lake, and it's, like, a 20-foot jump into the lake, and it's super fun, but not everybody knows about it. I think the first time Kevin and I went up there, we just saw people and then found our way over there. Um, and so these guys were like, you go into the big rock, and then we ended up like hanging out up top there for like 45 minutes, and they were awesome dudes. So shout out to Lucas and Dustin. Um, I didn't tell them about this podcast, but I just am proud of myself for remembering their names. Did they, did they hit you with like, – like where do they camp? Like have we ever hung out with them before? Um, no, I don't think so. And it's actually only one of them. His other friends from Minnesota and was just like in town. Um, but no, I don't think, and last year was his first year. Um, All right. but boy, did they look the part and, uh, yeah, we were mostly just like talking about the hike and the beautiful day and stuff. Um, meltdown just like broke the ice and then we, everybody, we were just like quick friends. And so it was fun, like hanging out uh and jumping in the water and god that water is cold um it is a glacier lit 
runoff lake, so makes sense. But uh, yeah, that'll wake you up. Uh, so <laughs> happy birthday to Kevin. That was a that was a lot of fun. Um, and then yeah, another, birthday, yeah. So another one of our friends had a birthday, uh, Nolan, and so a couple of us uh, met up uh, for a few hours like out out up north again so another birthday celebration out outdoors in the woods um and just had a great time uh you know taking in that the outdoors we just hung out and hadn't seen no one in a while and um his girl was there so we just all you know had a had a chill outdoor time you know plenty of room to social distance and just like kept it small and but you know, quality quality time with friends outdoors, and then um, yeah, those were probably like the the biggest parts of the of the weekend. But yesterday, Ted, I sent you that picture of my pink <coughs> Cuisinart knife that I was bringing, oh, yeah. that I was bringing with me to a pickup from an order off Facebook Marketplace because. Golf balls can go for like 40 bucks a dozen. No problem. Brand new. And I saw an ad that said 112 balls for $50. And so I was stoked. I called the guy and he was just very, very interesting. Like it, we just talked like normal about it. And then he's like, yeah, I got all these balls, uh, cash only. And I was like, word, didn't even like really think anything of it. And he's like, yeah, I don't use smartphones, so I don't have Venmo or PayPal or any of that stuff. I thought I might have brain cancer a while ago. I didn't, but I thought I did, so I still don't use the smartphones. And I was like, dude, I'm just some guy from the internet calling to buy golf balls. Like, how did we get here? And but Wow, well, Matt, I mean. I'm G, man. You're buying black market golf balls. That's already a very niche thing. Yeah, <laughs> That's definitely. what I'm saying. And so that, that awkward that he was odd. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, it just made it more fun for me. Uh, And yeah, I was like, well, I mean, he seemed harmless, a little odd, but harmless and like very friendly. And I I appreciate that level of forthcoming uh, authenticity. Um, How old was he? So he was probably in his like mid forties, I would say. Um, and I, I drive up there and, uh, he's just got his outside, his garage door is open and he just has milk crates filled with different golf balls and is like, Oh, "Oh, you wanted the yellow Bridgestone E series and like shuffles through a couple milk cartons to just pulls out this milk carton filled with yellow. He had this very organized system. This guy had said he had 30,000 golf balls in there oh my god who the hell has thirty thousand? that's having thirty thousand golf balls sitting in your garage that's a red flag <laughs> that's thinking this dude works at a golf course to thinking he's blatantly just like ripping off a store yeah seriously did he like did all those fall off the back of a truck i feel like this guy's gonna send us an email like the perks of dating me i have thirty thousand golf balls in my garage right so based on all that i was like I'm not asking this guy questions where these came from. Like, no, this feels like an underground deal. Um, And then uh, on the way home, I called one of my golfing buddies because I was so excited. And um, 
you know, we love golf, but, uh, you know, we talk about how golf balls are so expensive. And so I was like, dude, I got 150 bucks. This guy slangs him out of his garage. I saw a Facebook marketplace ad and my dude's like, was his name blank? And I was like, oh my God. And my buddy. Convicted rapist. <laughs> Just kidding. No, he was, uh, my buddy's actually met him at uh, one of the golf courses and he was in full scuba gear in the uh, in the, one of the ponds, swimming down and getting balls. And you know, they, that's like what these courses do. There's like legit, you know, uh, like that's how they get it out. And I don't know how what the organization is, but I don't think that's what the word legit means. <laughs> <laughs> Cash handshake deals for secondhand golf balls. I mean, the course hires him. I mean, they can't be paying him much, but I like the deal. We'll hire you to get in scuba gear, scuba gear, get all the golf balls, and you can keep them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the exact, I, I don't know the exact workings. I, uh, I talked to my dad about it earlier because he, he know, and he thinks that the guy pays the course and then makes that money back selling the golf balls for fifty cents a pop. In my case, um, and. So I don't know how it works, but I'm stoked. I got a, I got a golf ball guy, golf ball dealer. Um, if anybody wants, wants some, he told me to tell my friends. So like, get a hold of me. I'm not going to give his info out earlier, but he did give me a flyer, uh, complete with a couple spelling errors and like pen adjustments. And it was just the best. So that was like totally the highlight of my week. Hey, look, it's a sales pitch. I don't even play golf, but I'm like, yo. I need a bag of 50, right? And just like, well, if you can get it, I'll take some. I'd rather have than want. <laughs> <laughs> we got both discounts, dog. <laughs> All right. I think it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. <laughs> uh, cop topic this week, not a lot of pomp and circumstance this one. Uh, basically, I feel like the last like three or four books that I've started have really sucked. I've been thirsty for new reads. Um, so my question this week, and feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com is, uh, what's the best book you've read in the last couple of years or in your life uh, and why? So what's the best book you've read and why? And uh, you can choose the time period, but you know, obviously... If it's been a while, then say la vie. But yeah, so feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com or hit up, hit up Matt um, on Twitter at the podcast. What do we got, boys? Oh, man, I can't tell you. I, don't, I, can't tell, I haven't read a whole uh, book in years. <laughs> Copy. MC? Um, well, the most impactful, and I actually get a lot of messages from people like, what was the name of that book that you read that you stopped drinking with? It was called The Easy Way to Stop Drinking. Uh, by Alan Carr. I read the third edition. There's some new editions with different titles, but I, I can't vouch for those, you know, and you can find the third edition used out there. Um, so that's the most impactful for sure. Um, but probably my favorite book uh, is one called Wonderland Avenue. It's by this guy, Danny Sugarman, uh, who managed the surviving members of the doors and um, Iggy pop and stuff. So it's just this tale of excess and rock and roll and like crazy LA debauchery over decades, like right in the heart of all sorts of just drug fueled chaos. 
which yeah, which is which is like right up my alley. It's a page turner. It's insane. I was very like I related to the, to the early parts of his life at that point. I saw what he did, and he wound up with a five hundred dollar a day heroin habit. Um, so it Jesus. was it was a cautionary tale for me when I read it, but it was. It's a page turn. It's a it's a great read in as a cautionary tale. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um and I read that in high school and I was like making some sketchy choices back then. So I think that kind of gave me an idea of like how far I didn't want to take things. Yeah, I would say on that note, the Heroin Diaries by Nikki Six. That's a Oh yeah. That's good. That's a pretty interesting read too. Yeah, that one was really good. Did you read The Dirt? You know what? I haven't read that. I've seen that. I've seen the movie, but I, I like read that it. a lot too. Um, yeah, I haven't thought about Wonderland Avenue in a while, but it was awesome. I mean, he has a he has a bad acid trip at school in high school and leaves class and goes to the doors office. Jim Morrison is there. Jim Morrison says, "Like, hey, come with me, man." Like, obviously knows he's tripping too hard and like takes him in his car, drives him through the Malibu canyons as he's like tripping balls on acid. And just like the idea of driving through Malibu with Jim Morrison, like what, when you're having a bad trip as a teenager, is just the most, it, it's just, there's all sorts of insane stuff. If you like, you know, debaucherous, like rock and roll books, like I'm a sucker for Wonderland Avenue is like one of the lesser known ones that I really enjoyed. Dude, that's sick. Um, Mine are pretty basic. Uh, I would say Elephant in the Brain was really good. Um, maybe a couple of years ago, I liked that book, um, 12 Rules for Life. But yeah, I'm interested to hear what people have to say. Realistically, kind of like the app question we did a couple of weeks ago, which a couple of those apps I downloaded and loved. Thank you, everybody. I'm just looking for new cool book suggestions. So I'm just using it for my own purposes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if it counts as a book, but you know, I still read Sports Illustrated. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Just because I'm old and I like to hold something while I'm pooping. <laughs> you get Playboy for the articles, right? <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, all right, there we go. Uh, yeah, next week we're back. To say I got a couple more weeks before I got a summer vacay coming up, so we're we're good to go. Uh, man, main thing. Hey, get out there, man. Enjoy the damn summer. Finally. Look, I'm generally not summer guy. It finally showed up. Pop the top, take the shirts off, go swimming in a lake, go swimming in some salt water. Just ah, let's go. go out and enjoy it, boys. All right, there you go. From CTP for Kyle, I'm Lee Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>